Warning! This podcast contains mature language and topics that may not be suitable for audiences of under the age of 18 years old. But to sit at the rail, you'll need to be 21. These are the tales, theories, and thoughts of the bartenders refilling the glasses of the masses. Take a seat and we'll get your usual. Welcome to the bar rail. So these, like, dogs are, like, 50 stories high. And humans have now gone underneath Earth and are trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Uh, but one of the characters in the, the, the cartoon is a roach that dies and gets old and big and strong and dies within like three minutes. So he'll be like, hey, what's going on? And he'll just ate, crack the shell, be this big, and then he'll die and then he'll wake up again. And he just keeps on dying and living and dying and he can't die in the show. Anyways, right neither here nor there. Just good about the gestation. Stuff. It's actually a really good show. You should watch it. Is it's that, called Kipo. Is that how you know the word gestation? No, no, no. Uh, I know the word gestation because I know the word gestation. Let's <laughs> yeah, just say that. Box. Welcome to the Bar Rail Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Today's a special day because we have a special, we have our first guest. Woo! Yes, our first guest uh, is Amy. She's a witch uh, and also a bartender. So witches just don't do one thing. She makes multiple brews. Multiple <laughs> brews. Oh, good one. I like that. That's it. solid. It's Halloween week, 2020. The longest year in, in recorded history of history. mankind. Yes. The literally longest year in the history of mankind. Dude, you wonder what happened to me the other day? Or it was actually yesterday. I was walking, and they're like, we're having a cold spell here and getting towards middle uh, autumn. And I was like, it's not August anymore. <laughs> like, I just had that, like, visceral moment of, like, how is it already November almost? Where did this come from? I'm like, loving that October kind of, like, skirted by real quick. I, I had, like, it. I was like, I had my birthday this year. I thought that was last year. <laughs> There's no concept of time anymore. No, it it's gone. Me. It's Anyways, gone. Anyways, everybody, welcome Amy. Um, Amy will just start talking. Maybe she'll say something about herself. Maybe not. Do you want to give a little shout out to the world? Introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. I guess I'm... Give a little history about your witchcraft and your bartending. That's good. Well, it's... Well, witchcraft and bartending are very, very similar because you make elixirs. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Sure. It's craft, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I've been kind of in and out of practicing witchcraft for probably about 20 years, if you will. Um... I don't know. I guess I would want to start maybe understanding where you guys think witches are and what they are about because I have my personal experiences, but I'm curious to see what you guys think a witch is. When I, so my two witches, one is Disney movie Mm -hmm. because that's American style witches that they don't (laughs) teach you in history class. But they're pretty accurate to me. (laughs) Yeah, The Disney witches seem pretty accurate. And then there's like this... Like this almost like government deep state witch that they're like burned at the stake in Salem because they were going to take over like the world and like you better watch out for them. Like that is like the two pinnacles. Like one's like this Disney-esque thing and then the other is like the uh, dark unknown like magic force if that makes sense. Okay, okay. Yeah. There's witches in the deep state. Oh, I'll, I'll let you know. My witches are most definitely the Disney witches. Because those seem the most realistic because they seem fun. The only problem with the witches on Disney is because I don't believe all witches were ugly. Usually the witches in Disney are ugly or less attractive than everyone else on the deal. I don't know. Maleficent's a witch and she's like... She's She's aggressive. But (laughs) she's she's like the... Okay, so the real live action Maleficent, yes. But she's like next level hot in real life. But the Maleficent like every other one is like just a nasty, evil, drawn down kind of human. But I don't think witches are like that personally. I think witches are kind of like the old school hotties that dress dress different and like fucked with mushrooms and made really good teas. And everybody hated them. She was just your big titty goth girlfriend back in the day. Yeah, I think uh. they just didn't understand. Like there was this really dope individual that was like yo i want to try some new shit i want to fuck with some mushrooms i want to see like i watched this movie the tinkerbell um movies there's a good set of tinkerbell movies and one of them one of the wow, one this, of the little this is fairies a very weird term. it won't it'll, it'll come around real quick it won't, okay. one of the fairies got some of the 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 dust the gold dust stuff mm-hmm. and she was like i want to try new stuff with it well they kicked her out of the the fairy village because she got crazy with it because she just 
got a little bit too big because she didn't know what she was doing, but she was trying new things. She was like, in my mind, what I think a witch back in the day would be. Like, just trying new shit. People got a little scared, and they were like, put her over there. And then most of them happened to be pretty hot. So then the wives, the ratchet wives in the villages were like, yeah, put that hot chick over there because we're clearly water buffaloes roaming around this. And our men are water buffaloes, too. And then this gazelle comes walking into the village wanting to stir up some new shit. So they kicked her out to the corner. Then they burned her at the stake. I don't think it's a deep state thing. I just think that it was old school idiots being afraid of the hot chick that knows how to fuck with mushrooms. First how many time it, hours did you watch of this Tinkerbell nonsense? I've watched the movie three or four times. <laughs> so how many hours? Like fifteen? No, it's a short movie. It's like an hour and a half for kids. So like maybe like seven. Let's say seven. Let's round up to ten because I might have missed a couple in there. So you're watching ten hours of kids' movies. First of all, the one, series one of Tinkerbell. Yeah, just one version. Yeah. Ten hours of one version of a kid movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Multiply that by how many different kids Also he has a kid. Like, so I mean, are you judging me? No. Okay, I'm just saying, you can't let a very judgmental tone there. It's not like he's personally watching these on his own free time. No! Then I, I would know. be Jeffrey I Epstein if I did that on my own. I'd be Jeffrey Epstein if I did that on my own. I would know. I you watched sounded these. like you really enjoyed it. I Just because I enjoyed it? They make good movies. And then you watch them Disney again. makes good movies. Even if it was started by someone that may or may not have been a racist, anti-Semitic person. Still make good movies. Okay. Still make good movies. All right. So that was my view of witches growing up. Okay. <laughs> Sarah, can you give us some sanity of some sort? <laughs> well, when I think of witches, um, I think of healers. You know, I think of them being kind of the, you know, the person that everybody would come to, you know, with their ailments. You know, they would be into the roots, you know, the... Essential, not essential oils, but you know, just like more of just. Before they were essential oils. Yeah, they were, they were the hard squeezing there. Yeah, like I, I kind of just think of them like so, as just the healers in town. They probably were a little more outspoken and, you know, would talk back. And of course, you know, women weren't really allowed to really talk back then. You know, it was you know men would get super scared and intimidated by. They still do. And I know they still do. <laughs> But it was just worse back then, you know, like... No, I think humanity's the same. You think so? Oh, yeah. oh, no, I think it's way worse. I mean, it might be... We see it. I think it's way I worse. I think technology's made it way worse. Yeah. I mean, no, because you can actually say something. Like, we have a podcast in which we have a wonderful co-host, and now we have a wonderful witch on it, and we're just having open dialect. I don't think this would be even a conversation you could have had 400 years ago. Like, not even possible. Because, first of all, me and Eric wouldn't look as good as... Well, Eric would we wouldn't be allowed in the same room and having this conversation right, either, right. Jules. First I'm of all, say this. I'd be in the field. Eric would be in the house drinking lemonade looking spectacular like he was. <laughs> and be, and you I would have been be, an outcast because I'm apparently outcast. way too beautiful. You're way too beautiful. <laughs> Amy's a witch, so you know. We all <laughs> I think this has gotten way better than normal. I just want to be honest with you. I'm just chilling. You're just chilling. You're looking good in the house, though. You got a nice suit on. I'm probably the guy writing poetry. Right. You got a little southern accent. You're very nice to the blacks. (laughs) Still slavery, though. Still slavery. But we like you the best because you'd be slipping us some moonshine or something. Fine. You know what I mean? Dude, I totally oh, sent you some moonshine. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and Kyle would be under some woman's window playing a song for her. Kyle is the most romantic person I know mm-hmm. today. Yep. Today, if you're a young lady and you meet Kyle and you start dating Kyle, if you're fortunate enough to take that tall drink of water home with you, you will have the best time of your life. Candles will be lit. Poetry will be read. Written by Eric. <laughs> And love making welcome. We've got it got off the rails a little bit, so let me get back. <laughs> you really like those lights in his though. Those lights? Oh yeah. Lights? Oh, yeah. No, I was talking about his legs. Oh, his legs? He has nice strong legs. <laughs> Perfect. That's true. They some tree trunks. So Let's go. Like, no. That's kind of like my. That's my version of a witch. That's Sarah's version of a witch. That's Eric's version of a witch, and what we've been taught. Now, as a witch. How do you feel about our, like, who's closest to accurate? 
Who's the furthest away? Um, I think Sarah might have the closest representation of what a witch is. Okay, fair deal. Uh, fair woo! Deal. I win. This is not a competition. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a competition. <laughs> mostly, they can't mostly, um, you know, they, they, It's funny because uh, history, the, the, the witch craze of history actually lasted hundreds of years and hundreds of thousands of people were murdered because of it. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the evidence there's not a lot of evidence that actually showed witchcraft in the definition of which people were being prosecuted for and if you look at the psychology and social aspects of the time it was kind of like at the end of the middle ages where these new philosophies of like i want to say like christianity was really coming around and so it was christianity kind of breaking down and vilifying other religions and cultures that gave birth to this ideology of a, a witch and it was anybody I mean you could anybody could have been accused of being a witch and the moment you were accused you were arrested and then trialed or not even trialed you were arrested and then uh, tortured until you confessed and then gave more people out of torture like the entire trials of a witch was more mostly just tortured until you confess <laughs> like you you didn't really have a trial. You didn't have like, oh, let me produ- produce these evidence showing against me. Like you were tortured until you confessed, and that's how the witch craze perpetuated itself. Is because they made you want to tell more people. Like, well, who else is in part of this? Well, uh, this person, this person, this person. Whatever I gotta do to make this stop. And in the end, you confessed, and then you were killed. Mm. And so, like, a lot of people don't realize, like, a lot of innocent people were probably killed because of this no, yeah. intensity of what the psychological kind of warfare of the time was happening. And their definition of what a witch is, is somebody who makes a pact with the devil, communes, you know, with animals, or changes shapes and flies in the night. Um, all the other ridiculous things that they have claimed. Uh, you know, cannibalism, killing and eating children, all this stuff, which is, if you know me, I'm a big and a kid. <laughs> <laughs> children. They were so much fun. I like I will hang out with children more than adults because I find them cooler individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I eat them because I'm a witch. So you know, I and knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it. This is gonna be the biggest podcast ever. <laughs> the confessions of a witch. <laughs> um, I do have a question for you though. Okay. Um, oh, look at you. You got a list. I do. Oh, gee, oh, Don't judge me. Let me. No, let me no, no. I like it. Thank you. It's very thorough. <laughs> Thank you. I like it. You scarred me today, so I don't know how to feel about <laughs> what you say to me. Right? No. <laughs> um, I do have a question. Uh, why are men called wizards and women called witches? And then what's the difference? Like, what are the differences? Is this just kind of like, oh, dudes have this, hats. you know? So, hats. <laughs> it's all about the hats, actually. Right. The, the wizards get the pointy hats without the brim, and the witches have the brimmed hats. And it kind of folds over. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, I need a brim, though. I need a brim. <laughs> then you're a witch, not a wizard. Can a man be a witch? Yeah. Can a woman be a wizard? Yeah, why not? Well, I don't know. I'm asking you. I, I never even, I mean, I guess. I mean, so these terminologies that you're using have been. They, they've evolved more than they, they, you know, like... Have credence for. Yeah, so, like, they're at this point of their terminology, they're really relatively interchangeable, like a witch mm. or wizard, warlock, whatever. Um, warlock. Back, back in the day, though, they had definitive, like, more definitive kind of associations with it. A warlock was this, a witch was this. Sorcery in general, like, throughout the entire witch trial, sorcery was still very prevalent. And there were people who were practicing what was considered high magic as magicians who were not being prosecuted as witches during the same time because that was more seeking of knowledge through uh, materialistic um, practices, if you will. Like turning like water into wine? Yeah. Al- no, it's like more like alchemist. Or okay. if you think of it more of like... Um, A showman. Yeah. Yeah, like woohoo cards. Well, no, because that's more sleight of hand than yeah. anything else. They're, think- they're, they're more philosophical and like... They were the, um, kind of like the advisors, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they would try to reach different no. aspects, consciousness and things like that. But that's all neither here nor there because the whole entire witch aspect of it, you know, was definitely during the, the craze and that's when people were doing the bad, you know, and it's the perpetuation of 
of the craze that lasted so long. And like, if you look even back through like Christianity, they were the ones that really took the name witch and gave it their the solidity. Like the I think it was King James, he, he has a Bible. He he has his own interpretations of the Bible. Yes, I just yeah. I'm saying he has a Bible. Well, and that's that's one of the things that people don't realize is is as as the founders of Christianity were writing the rules for Christianity, they were taking bits and pieces from other religions and, you know, having their... And then the king had to approve it. And well, like... not even that. Like, their his interpretation, King James' interpretation, was three or four translations later. Like, mm-hmm. he, I mean, like by the time we got the Bible as we know it, it had already been translated from several different languages, like Hebrew to Greek, Greek and Latin. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Through those translations, the terminologies of certain things have changed. And that's what I think a, a lot of people put so much credit and weight into these words. I'm like, but they aren't even the real words of what you are supposed to be practicing because they are been influenced by man's interpretations and man's kind of generalization. They've been manipulated. They have been manipulated or bad. Just like mansplaining. Um <laughs> Can I just call myself a wizard? Like, so for like chefs, you can't just go around being like, yo, I'm a chef. Because somebody's going to call you on it. Like, where do you go to school? I mean, if you have the skills to back up your your title, then call yourself. I just can't call myself a wizard. I mean, you could. Whether you're being taken for reals as a wizard or not is entirely up to your intentions behind it. Is there like a wizard gang that would come and see me about that? No. Like, there's not going to be a wizard. Nobody will. No one Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can there? Because I know of a wizard. In my local neighborhood. That has his house cleaned. That has his house cleaned by witches. <laughs> He's he actually does. a good friend of mine. Okay. But, uh, and I don't want to offend him by any stretch or any wizards he or witches. He would not be, not be offended. But if he I call would... myself Big Dog Wizard J. <laughs> am I going to get some heat for it? No. <laughs> You'll definitely be taken I don't want to be <laughs> that's, that's the most serious. I mean. There's a lot of people that take I think on. Big Dog Wizard J work. It, it's something. Yeah. It's good. I like it. I like it. It fits you. Okay. Strong. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I don't have like a, a cauldron. I have several. Do you have a cauldron? I have several cauldrons. Do you have a pointy hat? N- no. They're no. easy to come by right now. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm too dark to have a pointy hat. Do you have a rose with stars <laughs> on it? No. I think you're missing a few seconds. I don't think, I don't think, I think you've got to up your wizard game. And first you're of really all, really first of all, this is what the witch is saying to you, Mr. <laughs> Non-Wizard yet. I know, right? You just call your big I dog Jay, wizard. no wizard yet. He was wearing regular clothes, but he had a great picture of himself. He had a great picture. He had a library and a bunch of books behind him. Mm-hmm. And then around him, it was all black, like he was coming out of a, of a, <laughs> of a portal. It was really dope. Long flowing but I feel like I can have that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can sure. take a picture. I can take glamour shots. Yeah, but it goes beyond. But I don't want to offend. I mean, there is the glamour magic for sure. Yeah, I don't want to offend any wizards or witches. I want to. So the the cool thing about I think modern day witches, and this is nothing to do with the witch craze. I think the the modern day witch is definitely a well away from what traditional witches. In that regard, like, I guess the Christian uh, terminology, the Christian definition of what a witch is, was very Christian-based. Mm-hmm. And I think witches these days who claim to be a witch, or even, there's a lot of women I would like, like, well, you're very witchy. She's like, well, that's not what I am, but whatever. So, like, there's a lot of people who I would claim or, like, would have those kind of, like, energies yeah. that don't necessarily associate with this terminology, which is fine. Yeah. And it's, it's necessarily, like, it's... I, for me, it's more of like a nature-based practices. Like I see the cycles in nature and I see the cycles of life and like the rhythms of nature, if you will. And, and that's where I find my magic kind of comes from mm-hmm. is the connection with the planet. And I worship Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I've always like when I've thought about like witchcraft, like there's always like the two that I threw out for fun at the beginning. But then... I did have a the pleasure of talking to my buddy in college, um, and his girlfriend was a, a witch at the time, and he was just like, "Man, it's just basically like alchemy and like understanding like to her like like plant life and understanding how plants like curate life and like how like remedies can like be attributed from like plants and not necessarily like pharmaceutical medicine." And that's why she considers herself a witch, 
because she deals with that realm of things. I feel like the connection that I think that's kind of like her outlet, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's how she can represent her craft, like mm-hmm. her connection with the mother nature or nature in general. It isn't lessened by her her use of or isn't lessened or it's probably strengthened actually Mm -hmm. and it's that connection it's that knowing of the medicinal healing properties of Mm -hmm. our planet Mm -hmm. and so many things in our planet is beneficial for us some things will kill us some things are good for us things will give us diarrhea Mm -hmm. and like it's it's this beautiful mystery that i think we got detached from Mm -hmm. and i think it was the birth of christianity and catholicism that we've lost that connection mm-hmm. because they made this, they made the magic outside of the nature. It's like God was all creator. He was this, this, and this. And he, he took responsibility for our connection with Mother Earth away from us. Mm-hmm. And that's just the misogynistic um, aspects of Christianity. And you see it from the very birth of their Adam and Eve story of, of how wounded freaking Adam was and how he's going to handle his women, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of, uh, what is her name? Adam's first wife, Lilith. Yeah, because that's a big thing where a lot of people, like, from what I understand, think of Lilith as, like, the first person to almost make a pact with the devil or the first witch in a way. Well, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Lilith was Adam's first wife in the, I believe it's the Old Testament. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of Iterations, yeah. In my knowledge, for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, Lilith was Adam's first wife, and she was made of equal things. Like, mm. when God created Adam, he created Lilith of equal grounds. Mm. And... I think I would have liked Lilith. She was, she's kind of like, she was kind of like a, wasn't servant to him, and that was mm. kind of why he kicked her out of the Garden of Eden, mm. was because she wasn't giving him what he wanted, because she was equal. Mm-hmm. And so, he kicked her out, and I, Pretty for like she was kind of like I don't really know what happened to her after the Garden of Eden. Like I'm not sure what her depiction really is, and I do think she has been become more of the demonized in Christianity for sure. Um, but most women in Christianity have been demonized, so or vilified for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's only the ones that are truly pure of heart and truly like. God loving and God fearing that aren't like villainized. Like from what I've seen, there's like because I know a lot about the Bible from my upbringing. All these like stories of men that like are trialed and tested and make mistakes and then ultimately prove themselves. And like then here's Esther. She's just perfect the entire time. You know what I mean? Here's here's Mary Mac or Mary Mother of God. You know, like just chilling, chillin', gave birth <laughs> to Christ. You know what I mean? Here, that sucks. You know, have a baby without having sex. And then like yeah, exactly. Like all the and he has siblings. How like that? and like all that stuff where I like I kind of read through it and I agree where I'm just like there's all these like trial and tribu- tribulations of like men, mm-hmm. but it's always like King David has an affair, but we still love King David. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all this stuff, and it's like because he's such a good king, but like. Then there's Eve, and she makes a mistake, and it's the first sin of man. Yeah. And know? that's the thing. is like Eve, Eve came about because God, well, after, you know, he kicked her out, yeah. or Lilith out, he's like, well, now I still, you know, need a companion, so come mm-hmm. on, God. Yeah. You know, that's when she, he was created from him as a rib and meat because she is of him then. She's below him. She's made mm-hmm. from him mm-hmm. and then is subservient to him. Yeah. But Obviously, Eve wasn't kosher with that either because, let's be real, what woman would really want to be subservient in that regard of yeah. like, consistently always being controlled? The lesser, yeah. yeah like, it makes you, you subhuman. Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It does, for sure. And and you see that throughout the entire story of Christianity as, mm-hmm. as women always being subhuman. And I also think that actually gave kind of a rise to kind of the witch image of being a woman, mm-hmm. specifically, A, because the communion and, uh, with the devil, it, it you know, sodomy was definitely obviously part of a trait for a male witch if he was being accused. But for the most part, it was a, a female connection with the, the devil. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's the, it was the kind of shadow of the repression of the female mm-hmm. in Christianity that made them fear it so much more. Mm-hmm. And, and it's definitely kind of those aspects that if, if you repress something so much inside of you and then you see something outside of like, mm-hmm. you know, if we express stuff inside of you and you see like an independent woman on her own and that mm-hmm. 
then all of a sudden your crops go like well that's fearing to me because that's an unknown woman she's you know she's deals with death all the time because she's a midwife or whatever you know mm-hmm. so it's easy to place blame of your troubles and your fears onto other people and i think christianity allows that to happen because they take the forces of evil and good outside of themselves mm-hmm. if you're doing something bad it's the devil's fault it's not your fault yeah. if you're doing something good it's god's fault or god's the reason why you're doing good things mm-hmm. i'm like no you are the reason why you could do a good things or bad things and i think that connection with your spirit is mm-hmm. also something that a lot of independent people or women specifically like, well, I don't necessarily follow this doctrine of misogynistic beliefs because I'm true in my femininity. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, if I have that connection, I don't need you to tell me that mm-hmm. I'm wrong in it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what a lot of Christianity, male beliefs, not male beliefs, but like the, the male figures in Christianity story. Mm-hmm allows to kind of perpetuate is this mm. demonizing of women. I'm like, well, that's just stupid. You're just repressing your mm-hmm. femininity and it's the birth of your religion or your people's religion. Was that one of the reasons why you specifically got into like uh, witchcraft or things of that nature? Or what was your first experience with it? So I got into Wicca specifically yeah. in middle school and I didn't have like the best childhood mm-hmm. I definitely had some good times and I definitely had some bad times and it was definitely more uh, kind of seeing the bullshit at a younger age mm-hmm. and not having a lot of things that would have been candy coated for children mm-hmm. not candy coated for me Yeah, and I definitely saw the evil of man pretty on pretty early on um, and then the connection with that I'm like well I'm going to kind of branch away from this because I don't necessarily need a external reasonings for things. Like, I never blamed God or the devil for whatever the fuck was happening in my life, all the shit trauma that I had gone through. Mm. I never really blamed external forces. I blamed what actually happened. Yeah. This is This happened. This is the reaction for it. And so... Even as a kid, I was told to take responsibility for my actions and Christianity and cat like those kind of, I was brought, I, mean, I went to church as a kid and I did all the, I went to youth group in middle school and it was kind of like a veil was lifted at a very young age and I was like, um, I'm going to explore other options because yeah. there's other options out there. And my mom encouraged me to, to really explore my spirituality and so I had support Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, that's good. And I definitely have like some very alternative aunts who are very fun to kind of hang out with. Yeah. Who who claim you know they are as well you know to be witches on on their own rights. And so it's kind of nice to have that support and like being able to explore your spirituality. A lot of people don't have that you know acceptance, and mm-hmm. it's it's great to be able to be like, no, I'm gonna really just try some weird shit out and see what happens. Yeah. But I I, I feel like Wicca was a start because it. it it kind of gave me an understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but even Wicca was too rigid for me. Um, it had rules and guidelines, and it was like, it was too much like church. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not the appeal to me. And so mm-hmm. I kind of branched out of Wicca and kind of got more into more of a natural philosophy that I've kind of crafted on my own. I take a lot of things from Native American. I really mm-hmm. like the connection Native Americans had with the land, and I think there's so much great knowledge that we just destroyed because mm-hmm. we just came and wiped them out. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with a lot of Aboriginal cultures that this white man came and just desecrated and mm-hmm. we lost so much great wisdom and knowledge that could have really expanded our lives exponentially if mm-hmm. we weren't just so close-minded about the devil and the demons that are really inside of us and not outside of us. I, I have this idea about religious freedom and not like religious freedom in the vein of like everyone's free to practice, but in the idea that religion should make you free. It should feel free. And that's why like confines of church or like temples or things like that are, they they lose me a bit when it comes to terms of Christianity or uh, witchcraft or Wicca or anything like that. Because I look at it and like you're putting a confinement on this. I'm meeting this building, I'm doing these things, you're setting up these rules, when in reality, if I need to feel free, I shouldn't have a place that makes me feel confined. I shouldn't have like these rules that make me feel this way. If I feel this way, like about Christianity, and it's the true way, Mm -hmm. like the way of like love thy neighbor as yourself and like treat people well and like 
definitely anti-misogyny and definitely loving people with the poor like basically the jesus version yeah. like if jesus came down and like here he would look at everything and be like what the fuck are you doing and you know what I, mean? I think i think jesus may have actually existed i think uh yeah. mighty python did the life of brian and that like beautifully explains my kind of interpretation of way yeah how kind of religion can form in general is like mm-hmm. especially with the story of christ because it, it's not a story that's not been told before and it's not like Christianity didn't adopt a lot of other practices to help people transition from their old way of thinking to Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, like, there's a lot of, I don't know, stigma, I guess, with it. Yeah. But how do you practice? Yeah. Like, what do you do for your practice? Uh, I play in the woods. <laughs> I love that. I like that. I like that. Uh, I literally find the most connected in nature. Mm-hmm. And I find that learning about nature, trying to uncover her mysteries, is really where I find the the beauty, the mystery, the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely uh, mushrooms, uh, not just the psychedelic ones, but the medicinal ones, the, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the ones that can purify soil from an oil spill, the ones that can cure you from cancer or help you with, the, help the bees, you mm-hmm. know, you know, habitat, and it's beautiful when you really dive into nature and you see the possibilities that are there, and you want to nurture that. And I think it's that connection that we're really lacking in our today's society because people are so they don't take the time anymore. Like they're just so quick to do. Like I take a walk with my dog as often as possible, and it's usually when I have. The walk, when I walk with my dog around the lake, that I have the most epiphanies of my life, really. And I mean, my intuition usually kind of speaks because I don't run on my phone. I try not to listen to music. I just am in it. In the the allowance of life to happen yeah. to you. Yeah. But I find like you have that peace of mind more when you are in nature, for sure. Mm-hmm. At least for me. Do you practice like any full moon rituals? Or? Yeah, I definitely. Uh, so I would say in the last couple of years, I've kind of put my practice a little bit more forward. Uh, I was kind of in a toxic relationship that I didn't really allow myself to be in that space, mm-hmm. really, because I, A, it was so personal that I had a hard time sharing that with anybody. And with that specific relationship, I didn't feel safe to Mm -hmm. open myself up that way, especially with him around. And so I closed that part of me off. Um, I dabbled a little bit and I tried to kind of keep my literature, like my literature a little bit, you know, fluent for sure. And um, I still practice my cards. I think the connection with my cards are probably what has really helped me stay true to this path of following my own intuition and taking responsibility for my actions for sure. Mm. You mean the tarot cards? Yeah. Tarot. So with the <laughs> with the cards, you did a reading for all of us, which is really cool, and I want to say thank you for that. Yes, thank very, you. That was very, great. Very nice. Thank you. You said mine was amazing. Uh, <laughs> the cards were just like I'm going to be the greatest person on the planet. Which I'm cool exactly with. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's definitely a good one. It's what I heard. I don't know what your card said, but I heard I'm going to be the greatest person on the planet. But I did have a question. One of the things you brought up. Um, was sometimes you'll have a question, uh, the person who you're reading cards for will have a question, and then you'll lay out the cards and it's not necessarily dealing with their exact question. So you said sometimes you have to take a different look at your question, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I thought that was profound. I was like, sometimes when you're dealing with problems, when you're at your bar, you're bartending, or you're dealing with your friends, you're dealing with problems in your own social life, or personal life actually, I wanna say, doing things like looking at it different is a big deal. Mm Taking the time to not think about that and think about something totally different sometimes solves a problem, but looking at it differently. So it goes, so here's a question after getting that long, uh, drawn out setup. When you're giving out the cards, do you feel the energy of the person um, who's, who, you're, who you're reading for? Or does your, and does, does that affect the deck? And then does your energy affect the deck? Like when you come and you sit down and this person's in a dark place or a light place, whatever they may be. And then you maybe have the world falling on you, but you've committed to doing this thing. Does that affect the deck and how you read, or like, and if it does, um, in what way? So reading for people is still relatively new for me, um, and so it's still 
I'm still learning to kind of like interpret those things. And in my experience, yes, it does. Like all the energies uh, affect it. Um, the Have you ever told someone I can't read for you because you're too negative right now? Or I definitely had one reading that was really, really intense. And it was, and I, I knew him, I knew him personally. And so I definitely knew where he was at when the cards were being dealt. And I saw the impact those cards had on him. And I don't think he's ever really been able to recover. Not necessarily because of the cards said, Jesus. but no, not recover, but like, it, I asked him to do his reading again. And he was like, no, no, I don't want to. I was like, it was like years ago that I read this. He's like, well, okay. Well, that's what I'm too like, profound. Too know, profound. And I think that is what it was. It, it 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 made him confront things that he wasn't ready to confront. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're dealing with people in that regard, especially when you know them personally, you want to help them through that, but you can't mm-hmm. help people go through things that they're not ready to go yeah. through. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the hard part is knowing the struggles and not being able to really give them more than just a reading. Mm-hmm. I think the really nice thing for me about the reading was. Um, cause I've semi had my cards read before, like in passing, like it's a fun thing to do. And, and to like, be fair, every reader yeah. and every deck and like, it's going to be a mm-hmm. totally different experience. Exactly. And so for when I was like paying attention this time and I, you were just putting down cards, I was just like, even like, cause I'm like, I don't necessarily, like, I believe in spiritual things, mysticism and things, but it's like, even if this isn't something that is real it's still profound in the way where it's making me think about exactly. my life exactly. so car- these cards in that way are very beneficial mm-hmm. and like if they're good or bad card doesn't matter yeah. it's like look at where you're at and then it's making you think yeah. and look inwardly about things and try to grasp where you're at so even if you don't believe in the mysticism of it there's still a nice practice in it of allowing you that moment to think well there's symbolism behind the cards and the mm-hmm. cards just tell a story mm-hmm. from from the beginning of life to the end of life and mm-hmm. and the challenges and and people that you kind of come across with the tarot deck is ancient mm-hmm. it is literally they don't really know where it came from but yet these Oh, this is good. Imagery. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that. There's there's connections with Hebrew in the Old Testament, and my a friend of mine who is huge into tarot and is a great reader. Mm. Um, my friend Cammy from Miami. What's up, Cammy from Miami? Cammy from Miami. Cammy from Miami. Me vida, we were talking about Cammy from Miami, and we were talking about how she was a great card reader. Um, I love Cammy from Miami. I'm not even gonna lie to you. You would. I would. You would love her. I just love that name. Like if somebody see you, like, yo, what's up? What's your name? Cammy from Miami. You're like, yo, what's good? (laughs) I already love Seattle. (laughs) Doesn't have the same ring. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally lost my train of thought now. Oh, Um, Um, oh, we were talking about. I, I kind of remember uh, the idea that cards aren't necessarily even like the mysticism, but the meaning oh, behind it. Yeah. yeah. So my friend Cammy, uh, I was talking to her actually earlier today, and um, we had uh, she had mentioned she she's a little bit more in depth in the in the the knowledge of the tarot for, than I am, mm-hmm. and she had t- made the connection with Hebrew letters mm-hmm. and like the Old Testament and things like that, and how. There are some people that believe that God actually gave the people the tarot mm-hmm. as a way of helping them interpret their life meaning. Mm-hmm. And so it has ancient roots and very its own, you know, power behind it. And mm-hmm. as far as my understanding of the tarot, even through the thousands of years of its existence, um, th- even through like the crazy witch hate craze mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like it still held its meaning and and Authenticity? Authenticity. Thank you. Yeah. Um, she doesn't mean not you. <laughs> Dude, she don't even look. <laughs> she has a question. Don't even look. I want the real answer. I'm going to go for look. a look. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you see me. I was looking down. I didn't even look up. Is she, there? Jules, this is a serious question, Jules, because actually, like, when we're talking about where... looked at her and had, Try to say something. Is there like a certain country or a place that specifically like had the first starting like root of tarot or is that like still uh, a mystery as well? I believe it's from like the Middle East mm-hmm. as far as my understanding. No, I don't know. I don't know. They got, they got the books on everything. But I mean, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of um, our 
our religions and a lot of a lot of things kind of come from the Middle East. I mean, Jesus lived in the Middle East. I know. God, I wish they didn't burn down the Library of Alexandria. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. There was like so many documents in there that if we had that, that shit. Stone. I think that stuff's still around. That's how you do the perfect crime. You burn down the place in which you stole from. That's fair. And and it's probably all underneath the fucking Vatican. Yeah, the Vatican has everything. You want to talk about, I, I just want to talk about the church, man. <laughs> the Vatican. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, they're airport catacombs. That's where the original tarot cards are. Bring it back in the first episode. I'm just trying to say, I'm just trying to say, Catholics have the corners on Tarots, Jesus Christ. The cat, they don't have... Don't touch on little boys. <laughs> oh, he came down hard. On the t- I think I think I think the tarot is older than the Catholic Church. No, I, I would say, say that. You yeah. said a lot about God, um, and you said some nice things and some bad things. I just want to—I I wrote this note down because I really wanted to say this earlier. Um, God has treated women pretty shitty, as far as like from no. just replacing one after the other. So I gotta assume God's a man. If you believe in God. Well, you just said if he brought the tarots down. I'm just saying he, that is a that is a, a, a theory. Right, right, right. I, I'm not just, saying I believe. Let's that. just say let's roll with that theory. God's got to be a man <laughs> doing kind of fucked up shit like this to women. He's just replacing one with the next one. I think. And then he has the tarots and then drops them off in the Middle East. I feel like maybe God had an airport in the Middle East and was just like, we're gonna land right here. I e. God's an alien. I was going to say that sounds more alien than anything else. God's an alien. Are we going I mean, there's alien so shit? many turns in that story. I there's know. a lot of people who believe psychedelics actually were the birth it's of religion. I, I think that too. I, I think, yeah. I honestly believe, well, maybe not a religion, but I think cognitive thought and what kind of branched us out from being apes. It's, and it's the great ape theory. Yeah. Is, is psychedelic mushrooms because it was able to expand mm-hmm. our minds, able to branch out of what we were. No. Yep. Great ape theory, the idea that the reason that, because over the period of like, I think it's like 10,000 years, our brains expanded in size ridiculously, like evolutionarily, like shouldn't have happened. And so the idea was that there was a famine, but what they could eat were psychedelic mushrooms and mushrooms that were still growing. Well, that grew on shit too. Yeah. And they literally had to like go through that and just eat and that's what expanded their brains because of the psychedelic nature and the attributes to it it actually increased the evolution process i will say definitely taking psychedelics have helped me dive into my psyche um in a way that you don't get to experience Mm -hmm. and i've done a lot of different psychedelic journeys yeah (laughs) just journeys just avenues different versions of it i went down a freaking alley one time did not like it (laughs) a psychedelic alley i don't know maybe i mean i've been been some places (laughs) so creepy stuff no go creepy stuff creepy what's good with creepy stuff halloween yes oh good what what do you think of halloween what do you think of them saying it's the veil is lifted between... You want to hear something crazy? Yes. So, one of the attributes of witches is familiars. And um, I've had many dogs in my life, um, but this one specifically, I'm like, ah, oh, you motherfucker. Can, can we just, real quick, so I don't have to Google it? What's a familiar? An animal. Yes. I don't want to say spirit animal, because that's not appropriate, but like like a cat would be a familiar to... It's a crazy a demon, cat lady. It's a, a familiar in the traditional sense of the Christian witch is a demon that is in the form of an animal, a pet usually, um, that allows the witch to commune with the devil. Like a witch and her crows. Like so Harry Potter it, and his owl. So could a, could a But demon, a demon trapped inside the owl. Mm-hmm. But could it be an angel and not a demon? Well, that's your. that's just... Christianity's version. I'm asking you For me, away from their version. I'm asking my, you. My understanding, yeah. I honestly believe that my dog, and this is going to sound super kooky and I'm okay with this. I like it. Is a higher level of intelligence. He's not just a normal dog. Like, he has normal dog tendencies and normal dog traits. Don't get me wrong. I feed him. He barks. Whatever. But there's certain communications that we have that is a little bit more than just a command. And that's the connection I'm saying that I have with my dog. And he's an asshole. Straight up an asshole. The dog's very nice. Oh, he's nice, but he's straight up an asshole. I don't think so. You don't have to deal with him on a daily basis. That's fair. Um, but, it, and I and I honestly believe it's the connection that I have with my dog 
that allows me to connect with nature in a different way as well because mm-hmm. there's definitely times that we're out whomping the woods and he has definitely helped me up <laughs> for various reasons of animals or what whatever. type of dog is it? it's my bear dog it's a, it's a Great Pyrenees Marimoth St. Bernard Burning Mountain Dog in Newfoundland. Mixed? Mixed. Holy fuck. He's two and a half. That's a dog with a lot of energy and a lot of big boy. He's not too <laughs> excitable. He's pretty chill. Is he? But he I've does, seen him jump. He does have, he's still a puppy. Like, mm-hmm. he's still very much That's a what I meant by like two and a half and just yeah. a big dog. Yeah. yeah. He definitely gets rowdy and you're like, oh Jesus, there goes the top of coffee tables. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's fine. That's why I don't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so sorry my yeah. dog uh and we've always been very like there's my house is very interesting we have a lot of dead people that are on the shelf not they deceased their we like their ashes are like they're not oh, dead okay. like it's not we have people mounted on the fucking wall you ain't no witch <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> the, small, the small children heads are just dead people everywhere uh, <laughs> That's and called Jeffrey Dahmer. We have we have an open house, like an open door policy, and that mm-hmm. weirdly enough goes with the spirits as well. Mm-hmm. My dog lately though, it's been like the last couple of days, stares out nothing, like out at the like out the window, and just barks excessively. He doesn't do that normally, mind you. He will bark at like if somebody comes to the door or like there's a you know car or whatever, somebody's walking by, he'll bark. Mm-hmm. But it's not an excessive bark, and it's usually like okay, we get it, we see it, calm down now. Thank you for the warning, whatever. Uh, but yeah, he just sits there and excessively barks and like you can't even calm him down. He just go whatever's whatever he is sensing, he is just going straight there's out. There's something out there. There's something, yeah. And the area that I that I live in, it's there's a, a, a like a, a tree farm, so there's a lot of like construction stuff like that. But I think the area itself has some pretty deep roots because I I feel like there's a lot of other energies happening. Like you can't be in this area. Like I'm not an intimidating. Like I don't get intimidated very easily, especially in nature. Like, I feel very comfortable in nature. And there's been times that I'm at this area and I'm like, something is watching me. And I'm like, this is this is weird. Like, I get Where is this? I mean, you know, way out there. In the boonies, In the yeah. boonies, like in the sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I grew up finding, like, railroad nails in the backyard and, like, you know. So, like, there's, like, you know, there's, there's probably some history there from, you know, logging days and stuff like that. So, like, I feel like there may have been some strife or some kind of trauma that happened in this area that's still lingering for sure which is weird that creepy bad but, mm. and i feel very like i mean i, I live in alaska for summer. should we share creepy story moments because it's halloween yeah you got a witch i, well, I wanted to ask what your favorite scary movie is i don't really like scary movies okay cool so creepy scary stories because well, like we're on it do you got a creepy scary story um I, let me think about i, I kind of have one i have a story it's not creepy or scary Mm-hmm. But I was, I'll just say it, I'll try to make it quick. It's not going to happen. Uh, I was at this uh, coffee shop where I met this other witch. I used and, to work at the coffee shop. Yeah. And she used to, and she told me about the wizard. And she was telling me the story about <coughs> mushrooms. And you were just talking about mushrooms and your experience. So she, she was making my tea and my coffee because witches do have jobs as well. <laughs> <laughs> they clean wizards' houses. They do, and they make coffee sometimes. <laughs> Great tea. She was a very, very nice young lady. Um, anyway, she's like, do you want to hear the story of how Santa Claus got started? Oh, you're finally telling the story? Yes. And I was like super excited to find out because I have my version, but I w- would love to hear her version. I'm willing to listen. I had I was five minutes late to work. It's okay. Fifteen's where you get fired. <laughs> and then she said she finished it before the end of the coffee and the tea. So I was like, cool. So she tells me in the North Pole, reindeer have a nose for these particular type of mushrooms. These particular type of mushrooms are highly toxic to humans when ingested just by themselves. But reindeer can smell them through the snow and they dig down and they eat these mushrooms and they love them. Now they're very hallucinogenic and poisonous mushrooms. Now if you're a reindeer in the snow up there, nothing to see, if you wanna see some shit, eat some, some hallucinogenic mushrooms. Well, these reindeer, they can actually process these toxins and hallucinogens just fine now no one's ever talked to a reindeer a reindeer's never said oh i saw a god or anything but some random dumbass person maybe was thirsty and thought i don't want to drink this snow i want to drink reindeer piss decided to it drink would be warm. reindeer piss um now as they drink this reindeer piss 
it still has the hallucinogens from the mushroom. Because although it filtered, their kidneys filter out some of the toxin, it doesn't filter out all the hallucinogens. So they're drinking reindeer piss. Why they're <clears> drinking <throat> reindeer piss, I didn't have time to ask. Again, I was already five minutes late. I just needed her to tell the story so I could keep on moving on. And she was very nice, and I did not want to cross her. People drank reindeer piss, <laughs> and during these hallucinog hallucinogenic moments or times in their life, they saw this round figure in which looked like a mushroom, an upside-down mushroom, I think she said to me, and that's where the story of Santa Claus came from. Not, okay. Wait, they, hall they hallucinated a mushroom and said it was Santa Claus. They hallucinated on mushrooms and their hallucination gave them the story of Santa Claus. And they told the story of when they're on mushrooms, this great jolly figure being up in the North Pole or in that neighborhood or area. And that's where she believes the story of Santa Claus came from. So where did going down the chimney and getting presents come from? Just added, you just add that onto the story. I mean, you know how stories go. It's telephone. One person starts one part, someone else starts another part, and then someone adds it on, and all of a sudden we're sitting here with Christmas being the day that Christ died. I mean, that's not even close. Mm -hmm. No, closer to the solstice. Yeah, I'm just saying, how did any of this get started? I'm just telling you what she told me. I okay. wanted to give her credence to the story because... I was only three, well, 12 minutes late because she got the story out pretty efficiently. And great coffee and tea. I thought you were only five minutes late. No, I started, I got there five minutes late. Oh, yeah, you already that was started. Already, yeah. So she yeah. took seven minutes to tell the story and make me tea and coffee. And it was very delicious. Perfect. <laughs> you mentioned your house has an open door policy with spirits as well. Well, I, people in general. And just, just, we, my mom welcomes the, the, the people I'm like well as long as they're nice that's usually what I throw out there like let's make sure they're more loving and not evil like what experiences have you had with that uh I hear a lot of um like footsteps that aren't there um like I'll be downstairs and um I'll nobody will be up be upstairs and I'll just hear footsteps walking around type of a thing or weird um Noises, it's like I hear music from another room type of a thing, kind of like off in the distance, like, what is happening? But that could just be me being weirdo, too. <laughs> like, it has nothing, nothing to do with the house itself. Has anyone else ever heard these things? Um, my cousins definitely have some um, strong feelings when they, they come into the house. And, I don't know. Do you experience that anywhere else? Not really. The music from the another room kind of sounds like if I could tap into that a little bit more, I probably would hear something a little bit clearer, but... There's a lot of aspects um, that I haven't dived into <coughs> heavily because I'm not a hundred percent sure if I really want those answers yet. I'll get there eventually, but I'm just kind of like, do I really want to open doors I can't really close yet? Ah, you know, that's fair. That's fair. So I hope it's not too forward, but I do want to say um, this is a Halloween special episode. We had I our first guest, for you guys. and uh, but I want to ask you a question, Sarah. You kind of got us started down this road, and I wanted to I wanted to know what's gotten you got got us going down this road, and what's your experience been like being I would I would assume new to this type of field. Well, I'm just always curious by it. Um, I've lost a lot of people in my life, and I've. Felt like I've had some experience with them trying to communicate with me in some way or another. Uh, and then when I lost my father, I wasn't sure I believed in that anymore. I wasn't sure if maybe I was just saying that to make myself feel better. Because it's so hard when you lose somebody. You, you know, you just want to know that they're okay. So sometimes you find yourself telling yourself stories so that you can feel better about it. Um... And so, I don't know, I think I just kind of, I, I just get very curious about the other realms, if there are other realms, and that connection that we have with nature and with the veil, I think, I, just like through that, I don't know, no. I think I'm rambling. No, no, you're fine, I just, I was, I was thinking about Eric's story, because I really want to hear a scary story. But I was also wondering how fucked up it is that in this world that has been created on this rock that we're spinning through space on, all these levels and all these other realms are here and we just can't get one last shout out from a person who we've lost. Or say lost, but has moved on. I don't want to say mm -hmm. lost because 
I do think that at some point we run into them again or their spirit or their energy somewhere in the world in the future or another realm. Uh, but I do think they should, you should be able to get one more shout out. Like, hey, I want to tell my daughter, I'm okay. Take care of yourself. Or tell my son, go fuck yourself. You're a piece of shit. two stories. And then be out. I got two stories. You got two? Because what, yeah. So the first one's scary. The second one's actually kind of heartwarming. Uh, first story is like I always had like a lot of like spiritual things happen when I was a kid. When I was like five years old, I viscerally remember my dad saying the evening prayers and he would always leave the door open a little bit. And so my brother was on the top bunk. I'm on the bottom bunk. My brother was already falling asleep with, during the prayers. I was wide awake. My dad shuts the door and up my wall goes this massive shadow, formulates down through the ceiling, and it's just two red eyes staring at me. And I scream like, Dad. And he comes in, and at that point, I'm five. I was like, Dad, I had a nightmare. He's like, you weren't asleep, and I just walked out the door, right? And so from then on, I've kind of been watching my back. It kind of manifests in this way of from when I was about seven years old to like 16, Halloween was extra spooky for me because I always had the same dream on Halloween. I could that go to same? not oh, that dream. Oh, okay. Set, different dream, but same type of eerie feeling. Um, but the same dream. Yeah, and I could go to sleep and be like, I'm about to have this fucking dream, and I would have that exact dream. Yeah, um, Halloween. Every Halloween. I don't know why Halloween. It was just maybe it was just like the time where we're letting like more like spiritual things happen, and so that allows like you know whatever to manifest to manifest. But in this dream, I would be standing in a line, and I would be in like this. Uh, De- uh, landscape that was very much like if you were to drive through like Wyoming, Grand Tetons, like rocky, but it was all grayscale, like everything gray. And then the sky overhead would be like a darker gray with black clouds, but it would just be this long line. And at the end of this line, whenever I would get to it, and it would feel like for- fucking forever, like I was an eternity in this thing, and it would just be line. And at the end, there was this man in a very nice suit with a bald head and a bowl of steaming liquid. And everyone would walk up to him and put their face into this bowl and they would come out and they would have the same marking but a different place on their face but the same marking and it would always happen where i would um be just about to put my face in and then i would wake up and so this one halloween when i was 17 i did not have that dream and i was like what the fuck we were also living in a new house i also didn't like that house and so i didn't have this dream Next night, so November 1st, I'm going to bed and I fall asleep. And I've had sleep paralysis before, so I kind of knew what to deal with. But in this specific one, I'm laying on my, I was asleep on my back and I wake up and everything, you know how when you wake up at night, it's not pitch black, but it's kind of like that dark blue light. Mm-hmm. Everything was like that in front of me. And I've, uh, I'm like, okay, I'm having sleep paralysis. And then everything in front of my direct vision goes black. Everything to my peripherals is still this blue. And then I feel something grip my shoulders. I start struggling, I jolt up and I scream. My dad comes in my room and like when I got like shot up, there was like this mass that went to my corner. And my dad immediately starts praying when he gets into my room. I don't know if it was like just his reaction to like like his kid waking up or if he like actually felt something. I don't know, didn't ask. Was a weird moment. Didn't fall asleep that night. Next day my mom comes to me and says, Eric, I are you okay? Like something weird happened. You had a bad night sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like, well, I just want to tell you about a dream I had. And so she tells me about this dream where she's in her kitchen and she uh, is preparing dinner and she gets a knock on the door and she goes, okay, like go answer it. And so there's this man there and he's like, Hey, can I come in? I have some stuff to take care of. And she says, no. And he keeps asking, she keeps saying no until she slams the door on him. And he says, I'll find a way in. I'm like, mom, who's this, what did this guy look like? She, he was like, she was a bald man in a very nice suit. Wow. And so she slams the door on him. She wakes up, screams my name, and then my dad goes to check on me, and then I scream. So your dad was walking in the room to check on you before you even... hmm Wow. Yeah. So that's where that kind of mingled out. I've also had instances where I was at youth group and my pastor... Wait, can we just go over this real quick? Yeah. You just kind of like <laughs> dropped that. I, yeah. No yeah. one's talking and you just moved on. <laughs> yeah, so. You just moved on to something and I'm over here getting chills because that's some crazy shit. Yeah. What color was the suit? It was always black. 
black really? suit. Was mm-hmm. it a nice suit? It was a very nice suit. Like, like a Tom like, Ford? Like, Tom like Armadi. Like this dude was dressed to the nines. Like yeah. he was also a very friendly looking dude. Was he? But it was like a sinister like friendly. What like I'm going to use you for something. What was the face that everybody had? I can't remember that like very specifically because it was like a very vague, vague thing. Like it always yeah. looked the same but yeah. it, like it was almost like I couldn't pick, pick make out what it was. Um, like you never know. Being able to find numbers either. Mm-hmm. Like numbers and like... Yeah. Was he tall? He just looked very average. The only thing that was different about him was he was like perfectly bald. Was he? Did per- no beard? No beard, no just perfectly hair? bald. Yeah. What color were his eyes? There was nothing really different about his eyes. It was just the things that were striking were suit and bald. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. You know what question I got to ask, man? What? What race was he? Oh, he was white. Was he? Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> but that's sorry. to be go to you just wanted to be another race you're gonna be like fuck y'all i hate you no not no but oh <laughs> we can kind of go back i kind of want to go to another story because of what you said wishing you can meet people and this is why i definitely believe in like spirituality but i don't know what spirituality i believe is that last story was crazy as shit yeah that Believe me, was I was scarred for about a year after that shit. Did um, your mom, that's crazy. I didn't really tell my mom about my dreams from the past about that. So she never knew. Or about really, what happened so in my said room? I had a night, you had a nightmare. Yeah, and your dad. But did you? Because I also had a nightmare. Did you? I never really told her exactly because I wasn't like I don't know what to feel about this. And your mom's never... not gonna make some stuff up to lie to make you no. feel better. No, yeah. no, 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 mom's gonna do that. No, do and that. so, but a feel good, like heartwarming spiritual story. Um, so this one time I'm in Bellingham, I'm at school, and I'm on a, I used to just go on walks at night when I like got stressed, put on some music, and this dog runs up to me. It has a collar on, but no tag. Very friendly dog, super sweet, like this black poodle, um, probably a mix of some sort, but definitely a poodle of some sort. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this dog. It's 11 p.m. Um, Love it. I petted it, and I'm like, where's your, where are you from? Where are you from, right? I thought poodles were aggressive. No, they're not. They're delightful. And so, um, <laughs> if they're mixed specifically, like a, a Labrador or something, like they're great. They're great dogs. Yeah, yeah. And so this dog, like I'm walking home, and I'm like, go home, go home. Like I love you, but like go home. And this dog followed me all to my door. I'm like, fuck it, it's 11 p.m. This dog's not gonna get itself home. I'll figure out what to do with it tomorrow morning. Dog comes in, hangs out with me. Eventually, falls asleep in my bed. I fall asleep. Next morning, I wake up, and my dog died at home. And so there's this one thing that my dog always characteristically did. If I was sitting on a couch, no one else of my family allowed the dog on the couch. But if I was on the couch, I'd be like, fuck it, come on up here. And she, like, she would always lay down. And what she would do is she would sit next to me and then her head would go right on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And so I find this out. I'm distraught. I go and I sit on my couch and this dog just hops right up and does the exact same thing my dog does. Like that no other dog has done for me. Is this a real story? Yes. Yeah, you can, t- you can talk to uh, my old roommate about it because he was like, oh, shit. And so I eventually, like, I was like, all right, Did you can you? Dog? No. Uh, so this is a good part of the story. So I drive home because I'm like, I can't, like, thank you, dog. Like, whatever that was, I needed it because I just got a FaceTime about this shit. And so I drive home. My roommate takes the dog and he's like, all right, I'll just take the dog on my morning run. Takes the dog on the morning run. The guy stomps on his car, gets out. He's like, is that your dog? My roommate's like, no. He's like, that's my dog. Here's his tag. That's my dog. And he's he's like, well, okay, yeah, sure, for sure. The dude was from Texas. What? Yes. The or some or somewhere down there. Texas? No, like they were up visiting someone. The dude oh. wasn't even from town. Oh, okay. And so I'm just like, I don't know if that's like just coincidence, but the fact of like the matter of like the perfect timing and also this happenstance of like the same exact thing that no other dog's ever done with me. Mm-hmm. Just my dog. I was like, there's something, there's something about that. Yeah, you know. So I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say the dog was a man in the black, the black suit. I thought you were gonna fucking. And I don't know. He fucking got in. He fucking got in. He told your mom he was getting in. He fucked you over with the dog with the poodle thing. Oh my god. That's what I thought was gonna happen. I was saying like. And these are like these are like stories about like why I could never dismiss someone's spiritual claim. I never will because I sit there. I'm like, I've had some weird shit happen to me too, both for good and both for bad. So I can't I can't dismiss shit like that. Man, well, Amy, thanks for uh, showing up and getting this all started. I know we kind of left that moment and kind of got on the the man in the dark suit and the poodle. That's cool. That's cool. But thank you for coming in. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Any last words to say to the 
13 people that like the podcast. <laughs> to the what? blank void. <laughs> to our void demons. To our void. <laughs> void. That's who you guys are. You're our void. <laughs> we love you all. Should we be doing something this Halloween? It's a yeah. good moon. Like, so, Ooh, this is a good It's 2020. Ooh, it's a good one. There's a lot. So I'm not really 100% on the astrological aspects, but there's a lot of some really heavy shit. So if you're into astrology at all or <laughs> want to dabble into it, the wizard is a really great astrologer. Cool. Um, and uh, there's a lot of like very intense energies in the cosmos right now that uh, are trying to teach us just to kind of like keep things in perspective and to, to maybe not jump to conclusions and to balance our life specifically. Um, the full moon is a really good way to uh, manifest things or if you have been manifesting to kind of have like that culmination of what you're manifesting. And with the veil being very thin, um, I would suggest reaching out to your ancestors for guidance of any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, the veil's thin during the, yeah. the full moon? No, Halloween. No, Halloween. Or Halloween. And, and it's yeah, intense, but it's a full moon, too. But it's also intensified. So the full so moon... So it's really thin veil. The full moon's just like a, a, a way of intensifying um, kind of your, your internal emotions. And so, so it's like one ply, not two ply. How thin the veil is. Oh, <laughs> you're really related to toilet paper. I'm just trying it's to a hot this. commodity nowadays, okay? Yeah, like, stocks you. up, man. Buy now. Uh, yeah. I, would, it's a veil, I would say, I would, and I've never worn a veil, but I, you know, I would feel it's, two it's, probably, it's probably more lining up tissue paper with the full moon involved. It's like looking through the full moon through tissue paper. Yeah, instead okay. of, instead of but what about line, the veil though? The veil is 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 okay. more tissue paper thin because of the full moon. But one ply, not two ply. I'm saying oh I'm saying not even to, I'm not even toilet paper at this point. We're tissue paper. Nothing. We're like super thin. You're like it's gonna disintegrate the moment you touch your ass. Oh okay. Oh okay. Okay. It sounds like I need a bidet. <laughs> you need a bidet. <laughs> or or or. Eric's denim condoms. Also now in toilet paper. <laughs> denim toilet no. paper. No. Reusable. <laughs> it's reusable toilet paper. And washable. No. It's, well, it has to be washable. <laughs> well, you know what they do with that water? Too many stains, man. They make Budweiser and Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> they on that again, that. Huh? It's just the truth. <laughs> Last call. Oh, man. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hey, have a good one. See you on the other side. Drink Coors Light? Coors. Drink just real beer. PBR, Rainier. Tequila. Rainier sounds good. Or, drink or, tonic. Yeah, drink soda Drink water. tonic. Yeah. Drink water, actually, guys. Yeah. Drink water. Drink water. Bye. <laughs>